What's in the bag? What's that stuff for? It's what I'm going to use to get you to tell me where Jenny Reborg is. Your turn to play bad cop? No. Good cop and bad cop left for the day. I'm a different kind of cop. I'm ready to see my lawyer now. Later, later, later. Right now, it's just you and me. What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrex10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, it is now time for part two, counting down the top albums of 2002, according to me, myself and I, Joey, right here. Let's get back into it. Coming in at number 35 is the debut album by this band now. Rewinding back to the actual year of 2002, I might have laughed at you had anybody mentioned that I'd be doing a retrospective on this year 20 years later and including this band, but here we are. And this is a band that even after this debut album, I didn't really start paying attention to them until actually a couple of albums after this. But as I've gone back now, it's like, sounds pretty good. It's good enough at least to come in here at number 35. So here it is. It's My Chemical Romance. Their debut album called I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love came out on July 23rd of 2002, produced by Jeff Rickley of the band Thursday. That's a band I don't see including on any of these countdowns, but that's just me. But yeah, a band that only improved with time for me, like I said, and going back and listening to this. Yeah, I was like, it's pretty good. It's not quite where I want them to be even though it's not my band. But there's a handful of things I did like on this record. As far as the representation for this album, I really wanted to include this song called Early Sunsets over Monroeville, which is meant to be a love ballad written around the timeline during the film Dawn of the Dead. But I don't really dig the song as much as I wanted to on principle. So I'm going to go with this one right here. So to kick off the show, we got My Chemical Romance with Head First for Halos. <laughs>
Kicking off the show here today and coming in at number 35 on our top 45 albums of 2002, that was My Chemical Romance with their debut album, I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love, and that was Head First for Halos. And before we get into album number 34, I gotta say, I had a look over the albums and artists I'm including in this particular episode, and a little bit of a pat on the back here. I gotta say, this this is kind of what I strive for as far as inclusion and representing all types of music this episode really does have it in spades so if i could use a cliche this episode is kind of what rock strikes 10 is all about so let's peel into another layer right here album number 34 this album was released on may 7th of 2002 along with yet another studio album by this same artist on the same day more on that later spoiler But number 34 right here belongs to Tom Waits, one of my all-time favorite songwriters. He put out this record, Alice, once again self-produced and also co-produced by his wife, Kathleen Brennan. By the way, before I get too deep into this album and the song I'm going to play, you got to go look up Tom Waits' entry on Wikipedia. Most people's Wikipedia picture is absolute garbage, just horrible, but Tom Waits has the greatest Wikipedia picture on his page. Go look at it now pause the show and go look at it i promise you it's worth it okay Uh, shouldn't we all deserve that kind of a picture once we make it to a particular point in any kind of career we might choose to partake in but yes this album alice right here it's a very dark record he's got a lot of these dark records he's kind of known as a dark troubadour in a sense but he's done a lot of just schmaltzy records ballad type records and everything but yeah this one belongs in the dark pile along with the other one he put out on the same day this year. So yeah, this record, Alice, is about what people expect from Tom Waits. If I had to think that there's a lot of cliches and expectations people have of Tom, it's all throughout this record, so not a lot of surprises if you're familiar with the guy. Uh, Of note, there's a nice little cameo halfway through the record by the great Stuart Copeland of the police, so there's something to listen for at some point. But yeah, not a lot to really say, although I do remember that since he had two records to promote he promoted those records on both leno and letterman which was a hard thing to pull off honestly like that was the thing you either went on one or the other and tom waits is cool enough he got to do both so of course the interview always belongs to letterman as far as he knows how to read them Uh, they have the same kind of humor so i definitely recommend just going on a rabbit hole of letterman waits sit downs on the late show or or late night, even as far back as that, of course. But yes, getting back to this album, Alice, right here, to represent this really cool piece of dark poetry right here. Gonna play this one right here. This is Poor Edward. Some still believe he was 
Tom Waits right there with Poor Edward from his album Alice, the number 34 album of 2002, according to me. Let's pick up the pace here with album number 33 by about, oh, another 100 or so BPMs with Nashville Pussy. Yes, right there. We, we kicked off the show with My Chemical Romance. We go into a little Tom Waits ballad, and now we're riding high with Nashville Pussy. Once again, this is what this show is all about. National Pussy put out their third full-length album in 2002 right here. It's called Say Something Nasty. It's loud. It's rocking. It is nasty the way National Pussy ought to be. So no real complaints. Not going to break a whole lot of ground, but there are just bands like that that suit the need of what you're in the mood for, and that's just the way it is sometimes. Definitely recommend seeing them live. They are a kick-ass live rock and roll band. Proof positive. I saw them open for Motorhead. And they came off very well. Of course, that makes a whole lot of sense right there. So with this album right here, of course, it's the of course it's the consistent lineup of Blaine, Ryder, and Jeremy. But now Corey Parks is out of the band, and they bring in Tracy Almazan to play bass. But it really doesn't have an effect on their sound or style or anything like that. So just something of note to mention about the record. So let's get down to it from Say Something Nasty. And I'm just going to say it right here. This is probably the best song title off of any album that I'm going to play on this show for the rest of the countdown and before that. There's no way anybody's going to beat this song title. So here you go. This is Nashville Pussy with Going to Hitchhike Down to Cincinnati and Kick the Shit Out of Yo Drunk Daddy. So... Ah! 
Can't go wrong with that right there. Nashville Pussy with Gonna Hitchhike Down to Cincinnati. Kick the shit out of your drunk daddy from Say Something Nasty. So initially, I remember buying the CD. I still have the CD for sure. And towards the end of the record, they have a cover of Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo on there. If you look up like the bonus track version, which I believe is on the streaming version as well, you'll find some other fun covers right there, which if you decide to pursue, you'll be surprised by them then. Actually, you won't be surprised that they covered these songs, but I'm not going to spoil it, let's just say. Give you a little bit of a tease for you to go check it out. Now coming in here at number 32 is, once again, an album I did not expect to pop up on any kind of retrospective I may have done in 2002 down the road, but here you have it. This album I was definitely compelled to reassess upon listening to the couple of episodes dedicated to it on the Whatever Nevermind sidecast that Baco did there on the Cobras and Fire feed. And I gotta say, upon Jerry Cantrell's first solo album, Boggy Depot, I dismissed it as Alice in Chains Light, which I still haven't revisited that record, but I never even bothered listening to Degradation Trip. And I wish I had, because, man, it's pretty damn good, actually. I really loved hearing those two episodes, that interview with Jeff Tomei, and just finding out some cool background on this really adds to the record. The personal feel of what he was going through and everything really surprised me, honestly. I I knew that there was a lot of troubles, not just professionally, but personally as well. So it's very on the nose, very autobiographical. So yeah, not always the easiest listen, but it's it's definitely a record worth checking out for sure. So just upon a couple of listens, it did well enough to rank in here pretty damn high. Like I said, this was really not anything that I was going to own upon its release but now i'm glad that i've heard it a few times and yeah i would definitely buy this at some point for sure it's a long record too and the fact that it's got a part two attached to it and originally was going to be a double album is wild it's crazy and this is a long one disc it's a little over 70 minutes long but at the same time for me i don't think it really ever wore out its welcome which is pretty amazing and further proof one of the last songs on the record is actually my current favorite song on degradation trip and so check this one out right here this is spider bite
Heavy shit right there, courtesy of Jerry Cantrell. The album is Degradation Trip. That was Spider Bite, which I believe is a heroin reference, if I remember it correctly. Of course it is, right? But, hey, all seriousness, the extra oomph that you hear in this record and on that material is definitely courtesy of what at the time was Ozzy Osbourne's current rhythm section, which was Robert Trujillo and Mike Borden. So... Just another great layer added to this record overall. And I believe that was the band as a whole on that terrible Ozzy cover album, Undercover, which I think rumors at one point that was going to be the whole Ozzy band right there was those three guys. So that, that, that's what I had heard, but who knows? But yeah, go check it out. Degradation Trip. Pretty cool. But of course, it's not a toe tapper so much as it is just an album you should hear. Coming in at number 31 right here is a guy who's no stranger to Rock Strikes 10, another one of my favorite writers, much like Tom Waits, and super, super prolific artist right here. In fact, this was this guy's 19th studio album at the time in 2002, on April 23rd to be exact, talking about Elvis Costello. The album is called When I Was Cruel. For the longest time, this was my favorite Elvis Costello record of the 21st century, but that title has now been taken over by an album you'll be hearing about on the 2022 countdown for sure. But still dig When I Was Cruel. It's got a lot of great material on there. It's got some real biting, edgy stuff for him. Nothing wrong with really any of the albums that preceded this, but this definitely has more of a rock edge to it for sure. So I appreciated that. You know, the kickoff track 45 is a good representation of the record. Of course, there's ballads, just like Elvis always does, as he would want to do but some pretty memorable stuff as well. And I like this one a lot. This one's such a cool, fun, catchy song. 
that even at one point the Bengals covered this song. So there you have it. That's all you. That's all that really needs to be said, right? So to represent when I was cruel, this is Elvis Costello with "Tear Off Your Own Head." It's a doll revolution. <laughs> Elvis Costello right there with Tear Off Your Own Head. It's a doll revolution from when I was cruel. Definitely in the upper echelon of Elvis Costello records for sure. So I do recommend. Moving on to album number 30 right here. Some local faves. Actually the only band on this countdown that hails from Wichita Falls, Texas. About an hour and a half to two hours from this house depending on how fast you drive. Bowling for Soup right here. Yes, a favorite of Rock Strikes 10s. Their quite successful record here. Their fourth album, Drunk Enough to Dance, came out August 6th, 2002. Produced by the great Butch Walker, who I don't love all of the albums that Butch Walker has produced. I like his albums more than I like the albums that he's had a hand in producing. But this is actually one of the good ones that he's done. And as luck would have it, he has a co-write on this record, which happened to be the big launch single off of it. Now, I'm actually going to play that song to represent this record. I'm not going to get all deep with it. And I'm going to play it for two reasons. Number one, like I said, Butch Walker co-wrote it. Number two, if you haven't pursued this band, then you probably haven't heard this song in 20 years. But at one point, it was kind of all over the radio for a minute. But also, 
Man, the main guitar riff on this song still rules. It is one of the great underrated guitar riffs of the modern day. So I'm going to just kind of put that in your brain as I play this song right here. From Drunk Enough to Dance, this is Bowling for Soup with Girl All the Bad Guys Want. I still don't quite know what a two-way is, if you can believe that. I'm not quite sure. I could guess, but I might be wrong. But anyway, yes, what a riff, right? For a guy that mainly plays a Wolfgang model, like I feel like that kind of magic sometimes just flows out of you. But good on you there, Jarrett. That was Bowling for Soup with Girl All the Bad Guys Want. Of course, a song that still remains in their set list to this day, and I do recommend going to see them live. I think... If you go to see him live, that will make you a fan. I'd be super surprised if you saw him and you didn't have any kind of fun and not want to listen to at least a couple of their records. But there you have it. Here's another really fun live band coming up here, number 29, a band that will also win you over if you go and see him live. As of this recording, this is the band's ninth and second to last studio record. I hope to hear some more at some point, but they haven't put a record out in a long time. It's been since about 2004 or 5, I believe. But yes, one of my favorites, The Vandals. And like I said, their ninth album, it's called Internet Dating Super Studs, which is not only one of my favorite records of 2002 because of its inclusion here on the countdown, but I even found a blurb in a magazine one time by Alice Cooper saying this was one of his favorite albums of the year. So if you're not going to argue with Alice, don't argue with me, okay? But yes, this album right here, 
self-produced Warren Fitzgerald and also co-produced by Ryan Williams. Honestly, I don't like it as much as a couple of their previous albums prior to this. Like this follows Look What I Almost Stepped In, which for that kind of music and for what they do and all those kind of asterisks, it's a damn near perfect album, Look What I Almost Stepped In. So internet dating super studs, a little bit of a misstep in my opinion, but there's a handful of instant Vandals classics enough to shoot it up here to number 29. And here's one of them right here. This song is so good and so fun. It even works in the remix department. Trust me, I've heard it. And while you ponder that, enjoy this. Consider this song kind of a theme song to all these countdowns that I do here for you. This is Appreciate My Honesty. right there belongs to the vandals with the album internet dating super studs that was appreciate my honesty and i hope you do the coming in at number 28 right here actually ties in pretty well i would say to the previous album i was thinking about this and i, I didn't do this on purpose but i mentioned warren fitzgerald from the vandals who produced that vandals record warren actually played uh, pretty much all the electric guitar that appeared on the tenacious d debut album and as luck would have it, Tenacious D actually appeared in a video for this next album, although it's not one of theirs. They were continuing to pay tribute to the mighty Ronnie James Dio when they appeared in the video for Push off of this record right here, Killing the Dragon, which was Dio's ninth studio album and unfortunately his second to last solo album. This was a self-produced project and just kind of found this out looking over the little notes here on the after the wiki window i kind of scroll down sometimes but i didn't realize that he was working on a sequel to hearing aid and the song throwaway children on this album actually would have been one of those songs for the project which that's interesting to hear it makes total sense when you hear the song i immediately thought of hearing aid stars when i heard that song no bullshit but i think killing the dragon's a pretty strong album i even saw him a couple of times on this tour so I thought that the new songs came off really well at the time. So I've always liked this record since it's been out. So I think 28 is a respectable position for this record for sure. It's even got that classic Dio sound. And no coincidence due to the fact that you got Doug Aldrich still here on guitar. 
Jimmy Bain, long-standing member of the band right there, and another long-standing member, Simon Wright, here on the drums. So yeah, Killing the Dragon has that classic Dio sound for sure. All people involved really made it happen on this one. And I'm just going to go with the opener right here. Let's play the title track. So here's Dio with Killing the Dragon. Always enjoy hearing the title track right there, Killing the Dragon, of course by Dio, the late great, iconic Ronnie James Dio. Uh, He kicked off both shows I saw from that tour with that song, so it's always cool to hear that. I get a memory of that immediately, and he really sold it, so it it was just really great to hear him sing anything. At the time, especially, it was some of the first times I ever saw the guy, and I still remember playing to a backdrop of a uh, with the tapestry of that album cover on there, and yeah, I'm always going to cherish that for sure. 
But yes, Killing the Dragon, Dio. We move on to another guy who you definitely want to put Dio on the Mount Rushmore of hard rock heavy metal singers of all time. But I was talking about this a few years ago, and I believe it was on Talking Rock with Mark Striegel. And I did an alternate Mount Rushmore of some of the other great singers that, while they're not on the Mount Rushmore, like Dio, Dickinson, Halford, and Ozzy, I think in an alternate four, I think I came up with four pretty strong ones. I did D. Snyder, Joey Belladonna, Klaus Mina, and this guy right here, who doesn't get a whole lot of love in the States, but I think he has one of the best, most distinctive voices in all of hard rock and heavy metal. Talking about Udo Dirkschneider and his band UDO right here. This is their eighth album. It came out on July 24th of 2002. The album's called Man and Machine, and UDO records never let you down. Whether he's singing for Accept or he's singing by himself, you you know what to expect. You're going to get all the heavy metal. You're going to get some of the most intensely inspired vocals ever. He is just one of a kind. He's the man. So yeah, not much else to say. I can't really get deep with this. It's just really cool, real fun stuff for me. So yes, UDO, Man and Machine is the album. And to represent the album, I'm going to play this one right here. This is The Dawn of the Gods.
Udo right there featuring the great Udo Dirk Schneider on lead vocals. Love it. That was the Dawn of the Gods. And to close off this particular episode is a band that I, I must be a pretty big fan of because they appeared on the previous two countdowns. Yes, they had albums represented for 82 and 92 on my countdown. So why wouldn't they be on this countdown and they put out their ninth record here on January 14th of 2002. And I had just listened to this record recently for the first time, top to bottom. I had no clue that this album was recorded just in mass turmoil for the band. It's, it's a miracle that it's this good, honestly. And I'm talking about Girl School. The album's called 21st Anniversary, Not That Innocent. And Kim and Kelly both wrote most of the songs on this record and... The album was delayed, apparently, for so long that by the time it came out, Kelly had already quit the band, so she wasn't even a member of an album that she had a heavy hand in writing for its release, so didn't tour under it for sure. It was just crazy stuff right here, but the album is, is awesome. Matter of fact, it, this was their first album in 10 years, so the last album they put out was the one you heard on the 92 Countdown, the self-titled record. Uh, but once again, man, if you're a fan, you should check this record out. It's probably definitely a lost album in the overall fandom, I feel like it's definitely, of course, heavier overseas, so I'm not sure what the beat on this one is, but I think it's a cool record. So once again, it's called 21st Anniversary, Not That Innocent. The band, of course, is Girls' School, and I'm going to go with the second song on the record here to represent it. So turn it up for Girls' School. This is Mad Mad Sister. <laughs>
Closing off the show here today and coming in at number 26 on our top 45 albums, the 2002 countdown. That was the great girl school with mad, mad sister from the album 21st anniversary. Not that innocent. By the way, the album came out on January 14th and was produced by a guy named Tim Hamill. Okay. Hope you're enjoying this countdown so far. Probably a lot of surprises from an otherwise random and weird kind of year, but find some good, good records here. And it's not over yet, of course. The songs and the albums are only going to get better, right? So, looking forward to bringing you the rest of this countdown. And as soon as it's over, we're going to get right into the best of 2022. So stay subscribed and all that good stuff. Until then, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs and followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris where cinema's trash is treated like treasure, and the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business, Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.